Jesus name. In the mighty name of Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we thank you for another privilege to hear from you. Lord Jesus, as you have gathered your children together, Father, all Lords, to discuss your word. Father, we pray that everything that will be given unto us today, Lord Jesus, it shall be permanent in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, oh Lord, nothing shall take it away from us. When we go out there, we shall manifest your glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, on those on that way coming, we say, God them, oh Lord, we pray that you bring them here safely and sound in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, oh Lord. Father, we thank you for answers to prayers. Receive all the glory, Lord. For in Jesus' most excellent name, we are prayed. Amen. Now, who can remind me our topic, our last topic, the topic we treated last time out. That was two weeks ago. The topic we treated two weeks ago. Can we remember something? You are in the class then. Tell us. The topic. Close your nose. That is my practice. Which? What was the topic? Friendship. Yes. Friendship. Friendship. Okay. So, um, what and what did we discuss? Of course, you are the only one that was in that class. He wasn't in the class. She, she was in the class. Okay, answer. Then I'll ask her later. You know that she just come in. Let her rest. So what and what did we discuss? Yes, there's no friend like Jesus. Yes. Give me a recap of what we discussed last week. Be audible, please. Now let us hear your voice. Okay, okay. If I should get you right, you are saying that we establish the fact that Jesus is always available for us. One of the principal reasons why he's our best friend. Okay, what did you learn from our discussions? It was a very lengthy discussion that day. I remember I had to keep going on and on and on. So, what, stand up. What's your name? Coinsola. Okay, so Coinsola, what did you learn from our previous discussion? You should be caring, okay. That did what? Okay, very good. You can sit down. Now, that day, I started the class by making us understand that human beings can change. Your friend today can end up becoming your enemy tomorrow. And someone you so much despise today might end up being a very bosom friend. Do you understand? 
But as the, as the discussion continued, I made us understand that Jesus is different from each of us in that Jesus does not change. The Bible does understand that Jesus Christ is what? The same. Yesterday, today, and when? Forever. But that is not the testimony of human beings. Human beings can change. Environment, exposure, education, circumstances, many things can make us, you know, change our views and our character over time. And that is why you cannot really, you know, vouch or cannot say that your best friend should be a man because that man can disappoint you when you least expected. So, after that, I continued with um, the reasons why Jesus should be your best friend. What makes Jesus, you know, the qualities of Christ that makes him the best friend you can ever have. And that day we discussed three. And I told you that when next we meet, which is today, we are going to continue. So what were those three reasons I gave us? Because we're going to be number four today. What were the three reasons, three things I told us that makes Jesus stand out? Head and shoulders above every other personality in the department of friendship. Consola, give us one. You forgot in anniversary rice and chicken and swallow have taken it away, right? Okay, Samson, come back to the rescue. Three reasons why Jesus stands heads and shoulders above every other person in the department of friendship. Remember the reason why we are discussing is that so that we ourselves can model our life. We can pattern ourselves after the order of Christ. So we are looking at what are those unique qualities that makes him the best friend one can ever have. Okay, that day I explained to us that Christ laid his life for us. The scripture was saying, I think in John chapter 15, verse 13, the Bible was asking the question, what manner of love is this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends? It is only Jesus that can do it for you. I gave us instances of when a man wants to toast a lady, he will tell the lady, you are this and that and that, I will die for you. And I told him it's a lie. He will not die anything. Once he gets what he wants, he's gone. That is what human being born. Christ is not like, Christ is going to stay with you till the end, and he's not ready to hold back anything. So, the fact that he gave down, he gave his life in order for us to have life in abundance is a sure evidence that he is the best thing that can happen to anyone as a friend. Then number two, we look at the book of 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 3. And in that particular scripture, we understood that Christ is faithful, Christ is trustworthy, and is always there, both in good times and in bad times. That was where you were picking your point from when you were discussing He's always there for us. There is no good time or bad time with Christ. Christ is there all the time. But human being, we always, you know, when it when it going is smooth, human being, we want to identify with you. Man, we want to what? Man, man, naturally likes being where there is success. Everyone loves identifying with success. So when you are successful as a man, you will have multitude of friends. Is it not true? Yes. In fact, one of the easiest ways to tell if someone is successful when you come to a place, for me, is a personal thing I do. When I come into a place, if I want to know someone is successful, I look at that person. If the person is someone that people are always hovering around, I don't know, ah, this one has something. If it is not money, it could be wisdom. 
Do you understand? There is something in that man or that woman that makes people keep coming. When you are empty, when you don't have value, when you people have nothing to gain from you, they will not come closer to you. So man, naturally, we want to identify with success. They will always want to, you know, stay with you when the going is good. But when the table turns, what will happen? Jaka. So someone that is very, very wealthy suddenly begins to beg for food. Who will want to stay around the person again? Nobody. Most of us that are students, we know that um, sometimes one of the reasons, one of the things that determines the kind of people we move around with. We are continuing from where we stop. The same topic, friendship. So I'm trying to recap what we did last time out before I continue. So I told us that day, some of us that are students, in a school, one of the things that determines or factors we consider when we are choosing friends is um, how intelligent someone is. So if you know that you're not good in mathematics, you want to move closer with people that are very good in mathematics. And then as you continue in that journey, you know that this person, something has happened. A person is not as intelligent as he seems to be or as he used to be. Do you think that friendship will still be as meaningful as it was in the beginning to you? No. That is it. So that is human being for you. But Christ is not like that. When the table turns, he still sticks with you. Do you understand? Then finally, we looked at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. That scripture told us to, to cast all our cares upon him, for he was he cares for us. So we understood that Christ cares for us, and because of his care for us, that is something that makes him the best friend we can have. Christ cares for us. Yes, we can also care for other people. Human beings can care for you, but you cannot qualify it to the care that comes from Jesus. Who can give me the reason? I told us why. Last week, I told us that the care we get from Christ is far, far, far different from that which we get from our fellow man. So who can remember the principal reason I gave? Hey, anniversary right, so... Hmm. Sir? Jesus has everything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, yes, Papa, Daddy has rescued him. That day, I established the fact that as a human being, we have so many needs psychological, emotional, material, spiritual, the different kind of needs we have. And there is no woman, be no one, nobody that can provide all those things for you. Do you understand? By virtue of my gifting and my talent, I can be somebody you can come to when you need an emotional support, and I will help you. But if you come to me, maybe when you need money, I might not have the financial authority or strength or capacity to work to help you out. So we can be friends, but when it comes to you have financial problems, you know that I'm not someone you can come to. Do you understand? I can be someone that is very, very funny. I can be someone that maybe when you are downcast or you are depressed, you come to me, I joke and you laugh. But when you have issues that need spiritual attention, I may not have that capacity to help you then. But in Christ, you have everything. He can support you emotionally. He can support you spiritually, materially. Everything you want is in him. So when you have Christ as a friend, you don't have any need to look other places for support. Is that understood? Okay. Um, let's continue. So we're going to number four. Can someone help us with the book of John, chapter 20, 
the book of John chapter 20, um, we'll look at, we just look at some verses over there and um, take our lesson. Where's your Bible? Open it. Where's your Bible? I've told you, always come to my class with what and what. Huh? Come to my class with what and what. And your what? Okay. For that friend, no Bible. Hmm. Madam, coin scholar, right? Your own, no Bible. No, you are rushing. You are rushing. And you don't forget your. You're still a cost it's your sister. Don't worry, I'll report it to your dad. So, John chapter 20, please. Because of time, let me pass. I want us to look at verse 11. Then, after reading verse 11, we go to 14 and read it down to 16. But Mary stood with her at the sepulchre. Weeping, and as she wept, she stood down and looked at the sepulchre, and scared. No, go to 14. And when she had gone there, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew, no, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why is it thou? Who is it thou? She Proposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou art born in him, tell him, tell him, without thou art laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned herself, and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Okay, praise the Lord. So we can see um, from this place that we read. Mary Madeline, she went to the place that Jesus was buried, looking for Jesus. And what happened? Jesus appeared to her. At first, she did not recognize it was Christ. But taking a closer look, she recognized Jesus. And what happened to her? She was full of excitement. You, know, you can see the Raboni. You can see that there's an exclamation mark. You know, look at your scripture. That's when, when she called me, was there an exclamation mark behind this? That was not in your own. But in my own, there's an exclamation mark. Okay. Semicolon. Okay, semicolon. But the what I'm trying to bring out is that the way she pronounced the name, the way she called the name, showed that she was excited. Is it not true? She was excited to see Jesus again. She was, in, she was weeping. She was um, in pain. She was missing the Lord. And because of that, she went to his tomb. And then when Jesus appeared to her, what happened? She was full of joy. So what does that teach us? Hmm? What does that story teach us? Remember that she is in good times with Christ. She's one of his disciples. She or she was one of his disciples. So you can say that she was indeed a friend to Jesus, or Jesus was her friend. 
So that exchange that happened, that interaction, what can we learn from it? Especially when you look at the at the end, what happened to her at the end, where she left, or you know she screamed, Ah, Raboni, which is the main master. So what? Now from that particular exchange, you will learn something, huh? Yeah, she was full of joy. Mm -hmm. Now, for long days, for many days, about three days or so, this woman was full of despair. Do you understand? She was hopeless. She was in bitterness. She was in pain because of the demise of her master. But later, when she met him, all those despair was taken away and she was given what joy in the place of bitterness so when you are a friend to jesus he changes your despair he changes your state of hopelessness do you understand he changes those things that makes you you know feel downcasted there are so many things that in this context it was jesus that was Something that happened to Jesus, and um, we believe that she was missing him, and because of that, she was feeling bad. But there are also times that we ourselves are the victim. Do you understand? Things happen to us which ordinarily makes us live in a state of hopelessness, which makes us unhappy. And when you encounter Christ at that particular moment, what will happen? Those bitterness, those pains, reward, they will disappear. Christ will turn it around. So joy indeed can only be found in Christ. There is a song I want to listen to. So this composer of the song was saying that the world may find happiness in things around them, in the kind of people they mingle with, in their financial you know, capacity, their wealth, their material acquisition and all. But true happiness, which is joy, comes from Christ alone. It is only believers that have it. So joy can only come from Jesus. That is why joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So when you have Christ as a friend, one thing is guaranteed. One thing is sure. Joy will be your portion. And that joy will be our portion indeed in the mighty name of Jesus. Now secondly, let's go to the book of John chapter 4. We'll be looking at the story of another woman. Um, it's a very lengthy um, chapter, so I will just pick some verses and try to summarize the story for us. Then we draw our lesson. John chapter 4. Now before we start reading, I want to, I want to just what happened here. In this particular story, Jesus was moving from a place called Judea. He was on a journey and he was heading towards Galilee. So just like someone leaving Lagos um, and is going to maybe Abiokuta or Ijebu. I don't want to stay somewhere so far because I believe the distance between Judea and Galilee is not that far. If it's something that they can trek, it won't be maybe are traveling to Kafanshan or Medugri. So Jesus was going from somewhere to somewhere and he stopped at a place called Samaria. Do you understand? So in that Samaria, he had an encounter. There's a, a particular well that was dug by Jacob. So he stopped there and um, he met a woman of Samaria and they had a conversation. So some of the things they discussed are what we want to look at. Do you understand? 
Do you understand? So let's go to that John chapter 4. Let's look, read verse 7, verse 9, and 10. Once you're done, I'll tell you the other places to read. So someone is very, very fast in reading. She stand up. Verse 9. Verse 7, the woman of Samaria unto him. How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, which I am not a woman of Samaria? Go to verse 13. Okay, no, have you read verse 10, sir? Okay, go read verse 10, sir. Verse 13. Then, Okay, point a bit, sir. We'll continue. Let me quickly say something. So, between verse 15 down to 24, what you know, I, I told us earlier that Jesus came to a well. That well is the well of Jacob, and there was where he met this woman and they had this conversation. So, um, the woman was like, Why are you asking me for um, a drink? You know very well that I am from Samaria and you are a Jew. Do you understand? Then Jesus was like, you don't know who you are talking to. If you have known who I am, you would have asked me for a drink instead. So that was where we are. So um, then Jesus now let this revealing to her things about her past. Started talking about um, asking her question, where is your husband? And from there, Jesus revealed to her that we have about five husbands. That is to say that the woman has um, maybe five men that she has um, had some kind of um, um, sexual relationship with, you know, in time past. And Jesus told her that the man that is even living with her now is not her husband. So Jesus revealed some personal details about herself to her. And he, he also told her that this, um, the, because the woman was like, ah, we, we say Mary, and the way we worship God is the best and all. Jesus was like, telling him that, telling her that those that worship God, worship Him in spirit and truth, that time will come, that it will not be about a mountain, about a place, but about worshiping God in spirit and truth. Please, we are going somewhere. So let's go back to that scripture. Let's continue from verse 25. Verse 25. 26. So, have you seen what, that, that, is a, that is the summary of what happened in that particular chapter. So, this was a story of another woman, you understand, that had an encounter with Christ. Someone that you can technically call another friend of Jesus. She didn't know Jesus before then, 
but by that encounter something happened in her life do you understand and she got drawn to jesus the more now from this story what can we pick out of it what can we learn eh? what can we learn what can you say is the key character the key thing about jesus that makes him stand out as a friend something he did in the life of this young woman which strikes the chord in your heart i'm listening okay you tried. Very, very important, yes. Yes, so. So we are all, we are all speaking well. Our God is not a, he does not discriminate. He loves everyone equally, irrespective of your origin, irrespective of your background, irrespective of your status in life. So that is the person Christ is. Now, in this particular story, you will see something about this woman. This woman looks okay on the surface. She looks okay. She, you know, you look at her from the from what for the kind of image that we are, you know, giving the storyline. She's someone that when you look at, you think that all is well with her. But within her, there are some dark parts. There was some form of brokenness. She wasn't totally happy. She had issues with her past and all. She, you know, there were some things about her that were not just right, but they were not really obvious for the public. Do you understand? Now, this was a condition where Jesus met this woman. This teaches us that Christ does not come to us, you know, only in us, um, in our time of perfection. Christ does not come to us only when it seems as if all is well, when it is all sunshine and rainbow. Christ comes to us as well in a state of brokenness. And when he comes, what does he do? Hmm? When he comes, in, when he meets us at this state, he gives us purpose and passion. Just as we saw in the life of this woman. As at the time, at the end of that conversation, you saw that she did what she ran out. She went to the villagers. She was, she was now, you know, propagating the gospel. She was now like, Telling her people, come and see this man. Oh, he must be the Christ. She now she walked into her purpose immediately. So when you meet Christ in your state of brokenness, two things will happen to you. You will encounter your purpose, and He will fill you with what with passion. Do you understand? So many people know their purpose, they're not passionate about it. You know that this is what you are supposed to do, but you are doing it nonchalantly because you have not what encountered Christ. So Christ is that friend that gives us, that gives us the drive 
to pursue what we believe in. And he's the one that restores us from the point of brokenness to a point of what? Soundness of mind. Now, let's continue. We are still going to be looking at the book of John. John chapter 14, verse 1. Very, very interesting scripture. I love that John chapter 14. As in that scripture, I just love reading it. But let's just focus on verse 1 for the sake of this lesson. Jesus was speaking. Is it not true? He said what? Let not your heart be troubled. So, that word, let not your heart be troubled, that's a that's, um, sentence of a, of a clause, as you might choose to call it. What does it imply? What does it imply? Tell us. Did you not hear what he said? Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and also believe in me. So Christ was asked, so what does that sentence, that that um you know that expression of his, what does it symbolize? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you. you. Can sit down. Okay, sir. Hallelujah. The Lord, yeah, thank God for your life, sir. So, in answer to all they have said, one thing is clear Jesus has your best interest at heart. Do you understand? The Bible says that I know the thoughts I have towards you, thought of good and not of evil. So, Jesus has your, he has got your back, he wants the best for you. He has your best. Say that, let not your heart be troubled. So, you shouldn't be worried, you shouldn't be like, ah, this thing, when this thing I'm doing, you know. Hey, what will be the outcome? This one I'm following this, I'm serving this God, or this thing, what will, where will my end be? When my mates are doing this and doing that, hope I'll not be left behind. No. Because he cares for you. He has your best interest. Jesus, with Jesus, you will always get the best of the best. He won't give you a second best. If you are following, if you are following Christ in spirit and in truth, there is no way. If you see people that are following God and um their life um, has some kind of question mark. You need to begin to question if they are truly serving God in spirit of, and truth, or they are just doing lip and eye service. So he said, let your heart not be troubled, because of what he knows he cares for you, he knows that he is there for you, and that with him, all things are possible for you. Now, um, you also need to understand something. In addition to what we have said so far, remember we have established six reasons 
why Christ stands heads and shoulders higher than ever that first thing in the world. Department on Friendship. We discussed three last time out and we have discussed three today. What are the three we discussed today? So all that I've been saying is just story, story, story. You're not, you're not picking anything. Yes, from the story of Mary Madeleine, we established the fact that joy. Joy is one of the reasons. So you can only get joy through Christ. And secondly, we looked at the story of um, the Samaritan woman. And from that story, we, draws, we drew a conclusion that with Christ, your purpose is well defined and you are filled with passion, passion for the right things. The world are passionate, people are passionate over many things. But when you are not in Christ, you are definitely going to be passionate about things that does not have any eternal value. So when you are with Christ, you are what your passion is well defined and it is right. And in Christ, there is no discrimination. In Christ, there is no separation. In Christ, he looks at you, he accepts you the way you are. Do you understand? That is something about Christ. So he comes to you even when you are broken, even when you are down, even when you are challenged, even when you are beaten. Do you understand? Christ comes to you in that state and he restores you to where you are supposed to be. So Christ does not come into your life to just tell you stories and go away. He's coming for a purpose, which is to, to restore your color, to take you to that place you are supposed to be in life. And then finally, we look at John chapter 14, verse 1. And from there, we can see that Christ has an interest and heart. For someone that has an interest and heart, I don't know what else you want to, you know, look for. In a friend, someone that cares for you, in this world of envy and jealousy, in this world where people are smiling at you, but they are keeping um, a, a, a knife, a machete, they have a gun hiding somewhere. They are waiting for you to make any small mistake so that they can shoot you. Do you understand? In this world where people are so competitive, they want what you have. They are not close to you because of they care for you. They're just there because they are. They see you as a threat, and they feel like the more closer they are to you, the more they are able to uh, to monitor and regulate whatever it is you are doing. If you have someone that sincerely and selflessly is committed to seeing you, you know, manifest that which you are supposed to be, I think you should be more than grateful. So if you are today, I asked us last week, who is our best friend? Some of you are calling so many names for me. And I told you that you are living in error. You are deceiving yourself. That if your best friend is um, Samson, uh, you're on your own. If your best friend is um, Femi, you're on your own. Even if it is Junior, ah, you are miserable completely. Abizi, where you call your best friend? Abiha. Even if you call me your best friend, ah, sorry is your name because there are sometimes you will need me. I'll disappoint you. That is what I mean for you. You are very, very fickle. You are not consistent. You cannot judge. For example, as I'm standing before you teaching now, you now want to judge and say, ah, this guy is perfect. He's everything. Ah, he's the man of my dream. Ah, he knows Bible. He knows. Mm, hmm. Sorry is your name. <laughs> they say that. How they say it? The more you look, the less. You see, Abby, the more you look, the more you see. Help me now. <laughs> so, so if you think that because of because I always stand there and I be, and I'm quoting scriptures that ah, your life, in fact, your case is set that you don't need to look for. You have met your match. You're on your own. 
So all men and women are what the same. We are all human beings. We have blood flowing in us. So we can never, we can change. We are subject to change with time. But in Christ, you have someone that is what willing to stand by you no matter what may be. You have been playing here. I have been seeing you. See what they are doing. You are listening. You are drawing on paper. He's not doesn't mean. Doesn't mean. Your mate are jotting something. See, he has three pages are full and he's jotting. You, you are here. Nothing, nothing. Eh? Where is your jota? Imagine, just do fine boy from house. No, do fine boy. Do yeah. eh? Where is your jota? I said, where is it? You are, you are rush. Why did you not wake up? Why will you rush? Why will you rush? Are you, are you from Russia? Are you from Russia? Eh? You, you look at you just can carry the carry big notes and come out. Eh? Big notes. Nothing, nothing, nothing in society. There is God for of you. There is God. Remember, remember your creator in the days of your when. You know, where is your jota? Where is your jota? See your mate, see, three pages are full. He's jotting you, you are there. No jota. Uh, you're happy, man, because your baby is in well. <laughs> so, so, as I was saying, Christ has everything it takes to qualify. To qualify. You know, he has it all. Excellent. In fact, eh, if I was to score him, I would score him 150%. Yes. So if you have Christ as a friend, you are made already. That's why people like us, we are made because we have Christ as best friend. So you that was, are you that is calling family your best friend? I don't know for you. Mm. Sorry is your name. So as I was saying, in addition to these, these things I've mentioned, there are other reasons which I might not be able to go into details. One of them is what? Jesus loves us. So all that we have been saying, discussing, builds around what his love. Um, Wura, Abi, um, what is your name again? Is she what she's doing? Does it concern you? Why is your attention on her? But I'm gonna ask you a question now. You don't understand me. They be telling, teach tell me that okay, you want to learn is how to watch foot match, Abi. All of you just focus your attention. Ah, distraction. Easily distracted. That is why they say that. In fact, let me not go into this. I'm not defeated. So, um, I establish that Christ loves us. And for us to, um, and because he loves us, he also expects us to also what? Junior. Because Christ loves us. Just, just stop it. I don't, I only said this one. I, this one is this one. His note is loaded. But all this one, I know that you're just, you're just pretending. I know. So, um, Christ, hey, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Christ loves Junior. You will stand up. Hey, you do that out of the class, please. You are distracting me. Now, Christ loves us. Is it not true? And we have seen the different proofs. We have seen evidences from the scripture. Different instances where his love for us was proven. Is it not true? Now, he expects us to also do the same. Yes. The reason why we study this thing is so that we can also model our lives. We can pattern our life, you know, in accordance to the path that he has set before us. So Christ was supposed us to also love like him. Um, I want us to look at the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. The book of Paul's John, chapter 4, verse 19. He said, we love him 
because he first loved us. Is it not true? He first loved us. Now, how many of you can love people first? When someone doesn't show any sign of love or interest for you, the person sees you, you know that this person, you senior the person, he's supposed to greet you. The person will see you and do face like this. And pass. Eh? The next time, you, or you, you are the one that's supposed to greet the person, greet the person, good morning, sir, good morning. The person just ignores you, even you. Do you understand? When they discuss, when they are talking about and the person is there, you don't even say anything good. Maybe the person is in a position of influence to, you know, to say some things about, to make some kind of recommendation. All the person does is just to condemn and criticize you. And you hear of this, and you will still love the person. Is it possible? Thou shalt not lie. Junior, I know you are lying. No, 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 because I will confront you. You are confronting. Is that confrontation, is it built on love? Yes. Or you want to prove a point? I want to establish a relationship. Or even, even, even establishing that confrontation, it is very possible. If it is someone that is very, very adamant, someone like me, you come and confront me, I'll give it to you fire to for fire. You, I'll be asking you, what, what do you mean? I'll be shown you. So if that kind of person, you confront the person, the person still reacts badly, will you still love the person? Will you still love the person? Yeah. I won't hate the person, but I Aha, uh-huh. that means you are not, you have not yet started. <laughs> Your own journey is still very, very far. Now, to love people first is a very hard thing to do. I know say it's not possible. It is very, very possible. There are so many people that they are the first person to show, to make that move, and then others react or reciprocate what they have done. So it is very possible for you to love people first, even when there is nothing lovable about them. There are so many people that, yes, are not lovable about them. Their manner of approach, their fiction, their choice of words, their mannerism, their composure, everything about you just pisses you. Everything about them just piss you off. There are people like that. But yes, you don't, don't just explain it. You just see that you just seem to care about them. So it is still possible for you to love people first. But I tell you the truth, it's a very hard thing to do. You need to be someone that is very, very disciplined and spirit-filled in order for you to do it right. So, however, however, as a Christian, as a Christian friend, we should focus all of our energy giving humble support to others' hearts. A, a Christian friend shortens the gap between the heart and the surface level of what relationship. So in this um, particular um, um, scripture, when you read it from the beginning, do you understand? You will understand something that love has to do with the heart. Do you understand? And then from the heart, it comes out to the surface. That is where some will tell you that the evidence of love is worth giving. They will tell you that God so loved the world that he gave. That you cannot say you love someone and you cannot give anything. You cannot give person your money. Person asks you for money, you have it, you take that out. And you say you love the person. Do you understand? And person will ask you for your time. Maybe come and teach me this or come and listen. Leave my size. Do you understand? That is not love. So, love, yes, it is an emotional state of mind. Do you understand? It has to do with affection. It starts from within. But it comes out to the surface. Do you understand? Now, there, are, there is a very big gap in reality. The, the gap between our subconscious and reality can be very, very what, broad. 
So as a Christian friend that knows the word of God, our duty to our friends is to what shorten, to bridge that gap. Do you understand? To bridge that gap between the heart and the surface of our relationship. And the best way to do that is to what, to show that love first. So by the time you keep doing good to people, even when they seem not to be worthy of it, what are you doing? You are what? You are proving yourself a godly example and influence someone. You are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are bringing to your reality that thing which you have within you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying or I'm going too deep. You don't understand. You don't understand. Where did you, where did you get confused? I asked the face, I was like, can you love someone first? Because the Bible says that Christ, even before we love him, he has loved us first. Is it not true? Yes, and I established to us that it is a very hard thing to do. In the sense that what? One, the externally, you look at people's um, character and all, it can be something that can put you off, even when you do care about them. By the time you look at what they represent and all, you can be drawn from them. And then secondly, you yourself, you have some philosophies of life, you have some standards. Okay, let me give you an example. For me, someone like me, I, if, you, if I notice you are someone that talks down on people, because I pride myself very high, you know my nickname, the boss, I cannot, I cannot afford if you are in my space, and all you do is just to talk down. You know how to talk, and look at you, you are like this, you are like this. I will just, because I hate insults, I will avoid you. Because my own mouth is very, very bad. By the time I give it to you, you're just going to die. So, because I don't want... Because I don't, no, it is true. For, no, there are some times that we need to be... You need to be real. We need to be real. Then, see, this word of God we are hearing, it has helped us so much. If not for the word of God, there are some, some people I cannot even work with. Do you understand? So, personally, I know myself that I cannot tolerate nonsense from people. You can... If you beat me, I am comfortable with it than you talking to me anyhow. That is... Because I so much believe that there's power in words. Now, that is my own philosophy. But that is my own. I don't, I'm not telling you that it is okay. But that is the way I see life. Do you understand? So, that can be a hindrance. It can prevent me from loving somebody first. When I, if I come to you and I see, the first thing I'm seeing is that there's someone that you are not, you are very careless with your words. Do you understand? I will be careful. I will be, I will withdraw. I'll be studying you from distance to really understand before I make my next move. Do you understand? So, that's, my heart, the condition of my heart, has now become the problem. Now, not even you as a person. Do you understand? So now I'm telling us that as Christian friends, as Christians that want to be friends to people, we should know how to work to bridge that gap. The gap between your inner state of mind and the surface, the reality, what we see in relationship. And the only way to do that is by doing this, obeying this command, which we was written in this verse, loving people first. When you love people first, do you understand? That is when you can get closer to them. From there, they, you can help them to understand your personality, who you are. Do you understand? They will understand you. They will know what to represent, and they will know how to adjust themselves if they need to adjust. And you yourself, you also understand their makeup and the reason why they do some of the things they do. There are some people that when you get close to them, they will tell you that, well, I am very, very, um, I can look rough and all that, but that one is just to, I just want, you know that in this world, if you don't look crazy, they will take you for a ride. So, because of the kind of things I do, I need to have that, um, 
that crazy look and all that. It does not mean that I'm a wayward person. Do you understand? Do you understand where I'm coming from? There are some people that they are not wayward, they are not bad people. Do you understand? But they are not you they don't look, they're not legendary looking. Perhaps they work in an office or a place where if you are too quiet, you'll be taken for a ride. So experience have taught them and they wise up. So when you meet somebody on a on, on a first at a first glance, you might want to judge them to be people that are what that are harsh or mean, and you might not want to get to that again. But when you are the type that have been conditioned to love people first, irrespective of that their nature, which does not agree with your inner man, you still love them. That is when you can open that door of getting closer to them and understanding where they are coming from. Is that clearer now? Is that clearer now? So, both in the church, at home, in your schools, anywhere you find yourself, learn to love people first. Don't expect people to always be the ones that will come to you. You see someone, you can be the one, go there, greet him, how are you doing? Even if he's your junior, you don't have to be like so pompous and proud that why let him come and greet me. I do not see me. What is this girl feeling like? Please. You what you are let go be approach the person first. Do you understand? That is it. And from there, you never can tell. God can have something in that person's life which can be beneficial to you. But because of your word, carelessness and arrogance, you get to what to miss it. So quickly, let us conclude with this. Um, this let me see my time. Okay, I think I see how over ten minutes. Um, now how can we be his friend? We have seen that Christ wants to be our friend, right? We have seen all that we stand to gain by being his friend. So how can we make that move? So um, before I start teaching, um, going this direction, I want to know how many of us really want to have Jesus as our best friend. You really want to know that um, you be sure you want to have him as your best friend. So that means this thing that I'm going to say is for you. Number one, you must accept him into your life. I've spent so much time teaching us about regeneration, being born again, um, being um, 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 repenting and all that. So if, peradventure, you are not yet a believer, or you're, you're a believer anyway because you come to church, but you have not yet given your life to Christ. I don't mean just I'm a Christian by, you know the last week we talked about Christian by what and what? Who can remember? Hey! Oh my goddess! <laughs> I said Christians by name and by form. I am going to this church. They call me Stella. My name is Samson. My name is Ebeliza. My name is Matthew. Because of that, I'm a Christian. That is Christian by name. I attend Redeem. I attend Winners. I attend End Times. That is Christian by what? By form. But we have Christians by spirit and by truth. So if you are a Christian by name and by form, you have not yet accepted Christ. Do you understand? So tell yourself the truth. I gave us like over 10 examples, 10 things you will see in your life that will make you know that, ah, me, I'm not a Christian in spirit and in truth. I'm a Christian by form, by fashion, by style. Yes. I have the appearance of, the appearance of a Christian. They see me, they'll say, ah, this brother is Jim Jim. He's just gimmicks. There is no content inside of me. So if you know that you are a Christian by form and fashion and by name, please don't. Accept Christ. It is the first step to becoming a Christian in spirit and in truth. Yes. Then number two, you should walk in the light. Please let's quickly look at First John chapter one six to seven. You should walk in the light. That light is the word of God. So, 
Bible was saying something in the book of First um, Psalm chapter one verse one that no, I said First John, First John one verse six to seven. I'm explaining that context, that um, concept of walking in the light. A man that walks in light, he does not want to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You are very careful of the kind of people you listen to, the kind of advice you take, the people you move with. Do you understand? You are careful of how you do things. You are a Christian. You shouldn't say that people you don't care. That's what concerns you. Anyhow, let them say what they like to say. If I want to wear trousers, is it not my body? If I want to put um, lipstick, is it not my body? If I want to make any kind of hair, is it not my body? Fine and good is your body, but you should also be mindful of the fact that there are people looking up to you. There are people that are likely going to what, take some decisions that are wrong because of what you do. So you should walk in the light, the light of God, the light that commands us to be moderate, the, the light that commands us to be holy, the light that commands us to be humble. So let us look at that scripture, First John chapter 1, 6 to 7. Please, quickly. And walk in the darkness, we lie and do not, and do not the truth. Oh. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ is so given unto all sins. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And you stop at verse seven. Okay, sit down. So you can see so many all the benefit there. You walk in the light, the blood of Jesus will cleanse all your sins. You walk in another way, you can have fellowship. So when we come to the church, you see, we see church brothers and sisters in the church. They are fighting themselves. They are quarreling. They don't greet each other because they don't walk in the light. When people walk in the light, we can fellowship. We fellowship with God and we also fellowship with our brethren. Yes, you interact with each other. You know yourself and all their challenges and difficulties, and you see how to help each other. So it takes a a, a congregation that was in light towards to bring that to establishment. So you must walk in light. When you are not walking in light, Christ will not appear to you. I remind you that the appearing of Christ is for different purposes. There's a, there's a time that Christ will appear to you as a friend. He's coming to admonish you, to strengthen you and all. There's a time he will, will appear to you to, 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 you know, to chastise you, to discipline you. It's not every time that these people that are not Christians, people that are not children of God, they get visitation from Jesus. But God is not appearing to them as friends. Do you understand? He's appearing to them to warn them to disease of what they are doing. He's appearing to them to limit them from causing harm upon his children. So you must be, you know, careful to see that Christ appears to you as a friend. And the only way he can appear to you as a friend is when you walk in the light. Now, number three, follow duly his command. When you get to please read John 15, verse 14. Um, that place is asking us to what? His command. Yeah, saying that those that love him, you know, obey his commandments. So follow his command. Anything he says you should do. And there's no way you can know what Christ wants you to do when you don't study your Bible. So make it a habit and a lifestyle to read the Bible. And anything he says you should do, do it. And you should forsake sin. Forsake sin. Sin is anything that is contrary to the will of God. Now remember last week we established sin. We discussed sin at length. Where we were when we when we we are comparing it with what? We compared what I was last week and um, last two weeks ago. Hey. Last two weeks ago, I compared sin and ungodliness. 
Eh? It's two weeks ago now, before the anniversary. I gave you an assignment the up the upper week, and then that day we discussed it. What are you telling me? Before we move into friendship, I establish and I discuss with us the different. What is the difference between sin and ungodliness? I told us that as little as we not believing in Christ is already a sin. Then Alan told us that ungodliness is more deeper. Ungodliness has to do with extreme wickedness, viciousness. Do you understand? People that murder and kill people, witches and all, you can quantify them under the ungodly. Do you understand? So, for you to sh- to forsake sin, it means for you that you need to believe in Christ. You need to accept as Lord as personal Savior. And all that he commands you to do, you should what? Do it. Remember, when you're not careful, your sin can degenerate to become transgression, ungodliness, wickedness and all. And then, the wrath of God will fall on that person completely. May that not be a portion in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Then finally, be a reader and doer of his word. Don't just be a reader. Be a doer as well. It is very, very important for you to be a doer of the word of God. The word of God is what quick and powerful. Do you understand? Do you have any questions? I have questions for you. Do you have any questions? Yeah. But before I ask you, because I want to give an assignment. In, right, so you cannot be demand. I'll be recording that assignment too. Nobody all of you will be getting zero, 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 zero in my assignment. See, I'm going to all my prize giving day, I'll give my best student award. Criterias. Punctuality. How early do you come to my class? Do you come to class with your jota and your Bible? How do you respond to my questions? Very, very important. My assignment, do you do it on time? Do you understand? And how well do you perform? I'll be all those that I can go to jail. Then the test that we are going to give you, because if you write exam, this shall be. So if you don't be jotting and you, you write exam. Huh? And my exam, just pray that I'll not be that. Maybe he will set another person set. Like, I should set it for you. So, if you're not be doing your assignment, just know you're be scoring zero. How many of us have talked to you now? You're be scoring zero, zero, zero in that regard. Do you understand? I even gave one last week, only few. A class of how many thousand? Only few. So, the assignment for next week, you are going to do research. Hey, because next week will be next, next week will be hot. I want you to compare and contrast. Right? Compare and contrast. One, you compare these three things and contrast them. A friend, an enemy. Number three, friend, enemies. Three things. Friend. Enemy, friend, enemies. Find out, yes, what are they? What are they? How do they relate with each other? What is the difference? You understand? I really want to find out. What did I say? Friend, enemies, then friend, enemies. Friend, enemies. Friend, enemies. F R E. F R E, then complete it. Not friend, enemy, friend, enemies. Oh, yeah, Fre, F-R-E-N-E-M-I-E-S. Fre, enemies. F-R-E-N-E-M-I-E-S. That is why you are in class. It's called a Sunday school. You should learn new things every time you come here. You understand? So go and make that research. So make that research. I want and this one is not like the other one. So if you not do it, you come, you stand, you stand out to the class. 
you, yes, I will do it. You'll be so, and that day, God will bless your soul. That rain will be falling. You stand over there. Hey, don't worry, my God is very good. Sam, now you can right? No problem. If that is what you think. So, as we conclude, my question for today. So, close your books. Close your books. Don't know how to ask questions. Uh, no, no, no.